Greetings, and welcome to Tapestry's Empowered to Connect podcast. I am your host, Chris Turner. Joining me today on the podcast are Ryan and Kayla North. Hi, guys. Hello, Chris. Hey, Chris. I want to thank both of you profusely for being on the podcast because I know you're both feeling under the weather right now. So thanks so much. Thank you. Of course. I feel like I'm on the mend, but my voice doesn't tell you that. (laughs) If you hear a fourth voice (laughs) chiming in from time to time, that would be Chris Fonte, our audio engineer and producer extraordinaire. Hi. Guys, I wanted to have you on the podcast to talk about something I think a lot of adoptive and foster parents feel, but sometimes have trouble expressing. And that is the fear and regret that we experience as parents, especially when it comes to parenting our adoptive and foster kids. So we've all talked to lots of different adoptive and foster parents as we've taught classes or just been in support groups and that kind of thing. What are some of the common regrets that you guys have heard from parents? One of the things that I have heard a lot of moms say specifically is that they didn't know exactly how to talk to their kids about their story, particularly mm-hmm. foster moms who um, a lot of times the story is hard and involves some really hard details. Definitely. And not knowing how to talk to their kids, so they just didn't. Mm. And then as their kids got older, it seemed harder and harder to talk to their kids about those things. And then their kids kind of got to an age where they were like, well, why have you been keeping this from me? Mm. And so then the parents begin to feel this regret of, I should have told them sooner, but when's the right time to talk to them? When should I tell them? That kind of thing. I had a friend growing up um, who, um, his parents got divorced when he was, um, you know, six months old or whatever. Mm. And so he had no memory of, of his, of his, of his biological dad and then was adopted by his stepdad. And they did not tell him Mm. that um he had he had a biological father out there and um until he was like 17 or 18 he found out and it was devastating for him because um his biological dad had written um letters to him um you know of course this is like in the early 1980s when people still wrote letters right, we didn't have email yeah. yeah so they wrote letters to him would send him a card on his birthday every year his par- and, he, and his mom just kept it from him and then like when Ugh. he turned 18 handed everything over to him Ugh. and it was it was devastating because he, he felt like his um, sense of identity was just had no value you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. and so i think that's why um that is a real common regret and 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 a very real one too because you have to balance that then with the regret because some people don't just swing the pendulum to the middle. They swing it all the other way. Right. They go to the other extreme. And they like tell them everything when they're three. Right. And it's just overwhelming. And, um, and then and they can't even understand some of it. Yeah. And it just creates so much, so much emotional trauma for the children. So I think one of the things that, that we have to do is we have to really, um, take the time to dig into what's age appropriate because it is, it is, it is my child's story. Mm-hmm. And so when I adopt my child at, at birth or at four years of age or 10 years of age or whatever, part of the agreement that I'm making with my child is that, yes, um, I have now become a part of your story and you have become part of my story. But the deal that we're making is that I will be the guardian of your story. Right. And as the guardian of that story, we have special responsibilities to our children, which I think some of the regrets that I have are, are born out of the fact that that I haven't been a good guardian of the story always Mm. in terms of protecting it and also sharing it. Right. Yeah. I think it's really important that with regard to our children's stories, we, we take real care in who we share them with. I mean, 
I know amongst the three of us, there are certain aspects of our respective children's stories we have shared with each other that we would not share with, well, to be honest, our podcast audience. Because of the reasons we're sharing them with one another, we're not just sharing them to share them, you know. And because we, because as friends and fellow adoptive and foster parents, we, we know the responsibility that we have and we don't take that lightly. Yeah. And so I think for those of you who might be listening, who might be wondering how much of my child's story should I share with others, that's something you really need to think good and hard about. Yeah, and, and just if I can peel the curtain back just a little bit there when you say sure. um, we're friends and we kind of, it, it's it's not that we're just friends, we're just have been involved in each other's lives for for years now. You know, we, we're in, some, in a home group together at the church, our family's going on vacation together right. every year, spend a week together in Colorado, and so... Um, you know, our kids sleep at each other's houses. So, I mean, there's 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 a, there's a level of, of family-like involvement there. And as we have grown closer over the years, um, you know, some of that just sort of naturally evolves, and, mm-hmm. and and that's good because our our community is growing. You know, you're part of our community, right? Because you need to support. Yes, we we need all, we all need support as adoptive from foster parents. We can't parent on an island, basically. Yeah. The the thing that the thing that um that I know that you're, that you're saying is it's when, it's when we, when people are very open about their children's stories. Um, mm. I was, I was at, a, um, at an event in October and, um, and one of the speakers was really, really open about his daughter's history. And, um, it, it occurred to me then that it's not that he is just playing fast and loose with her story. It's because it's because we're trying to do two things. A, we're trying to. If I can just tell you enough of how hard it is to parent this child, right? You will have sympathy and empathy and compassion and all of the good things that I need from you. Mm. Um, but the flip side of it is, uh, the second part of it is what is most distasteful to me. I, I get that first part. Right. It's the second part that bothers me, in that it somehow sets you up as some sort of expert because look at the behaviors I am able to deal with. I gotcha. And, 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 and it just bothers me when parents do that. And, um, and you know, to say that, that, that we haven't done some of that early on mm-hmm. because, you know, we've, we've been honest about this before. We came to this thing, um, this adoption and foster care journey with, with some white knight or white horse mentality, mm-hmm. um, you know, which is, you know, we've been honest about this is wrong. Um, but but when you do have the, the you know knight on a white horse mentality, um, you you continually have to be kind of setting up that reality to be true all the time. Mm-hmm. And the easiest way to do that is to talk about your child's history, particularly the difficult parts. Mm. And I think when I first started hearing people say you should guard your kid's story, immediately I went to regret, and I thought, oh. I should have guarded my kid's yeah, story more. I haven't more. been a good custodian of that. Yeah. yeah. And there were things about some of my kid's stories that I had shared with even close family members mm. that they weren't guardians of the story. Mm-hmm. And so they would flippantly mention those to just people that were not part of our family mm-hmm. or people that were not. And the first time I heard something like that, I, I mean, it just broke me. And I thought, I have... I've done this horrible thing and my child is going to find out parts of their story before I'm ready for them before I'm ready for them to hear it. Mm -hmm. And, and that was really hard for me because I felt like I had failed my child in that moment. And I think I kind of had to go and I said, okay, what, 
what can we do? You know, we kind of talked about it and we talked to some other friends and said, what should we do if we have been kind of flippant with our kid's story early on when we, before we knew better. Right. right. And which brings us to Ryan's favorite mind. <laughs> do the best you can until you know better. And once you know better, you must do better. Right. Yeah. And really that was true. It was like, I can't beat myself up about it. Mm-hmm. I can't go back and change it. But what I can do is I can help others to keep their kid's story safe. Mm-hmm. I can go to those people that have, that know my kid's story and say, look, I probably shared too much with you, but now I need you to help me keep that story. Mm-hmm. And that's hard to do sometimes, especially because mm-hmm. I think specifically about like our parents and our siblings and kind of the people who you're close to and you think, well, I should be able to share these things with them. With them, right. But they might not get the magnitude of that. And I don't think they're trying to be malicious, but they will share these details not really realizing because they don't sit and listen to adoptees. They don't sit and listen to other adoptive families and the struggles they've had. And so I think it's our responsibility to kind of help those people that know the story understand they have to guard it as well. They need to understand the context of how serious it is to guard that story. Yeah. Yeah. Context is a good word because so many people in our universe, um, that's why we've noticed our, our lives have, um, we almost only exclusively do things now with other adoptive and foster families. It is rare that we will do something uh, with people who have not adopted or who don't foster um, because there's just so much of that context that doesn't have to be explained. Right. Everybody just gets it. Mm-hmm. That's why family camp in Colorado is like, like the best week other than, you know, not being able to deal with the altitude, the constant headaches <laughs> and, and the occasional barfing. But outside of those things, it's just so awesome to be there because it's just been like, there's, there's just like, you know, a multitude of families who, who get it. And it's just so great for people to just kind of understand and have compassion for our kids and some of their, their specialized behaviors. You know, I just want to um, say something about what Kayla said. Um, because one of the things that, that being that guardian of that story, because she said, you know, sometimes you tell family members stuff like parents and siblings. And that was a lesson we had to learn because, um, you know, it's right. You don't have to as- assign malice to people, but that's not, that's not relevant. Mm. Whether they're malicious or not, it's irrelevant. Um, because you tell you tell grandma something, and then she shares with her her friends and, and some of the other family and stuff, uh, and that's normal. But the problem is, is some of these details are are, are hard, and I, I want my child to hear that from me. I don't want my child to hear it because. You know, we've played telephone with six people and then one day he overhears somebody talking about it as he walked through the room. Mm. Um, that, that, that's irresponsible of us and we had to learn that lesson. And it's hard because, because the family members, particularly our parents, you know, they, they want to know. Mm-hmm. These are their grandchildren. And over the years we've learned to say, you know, we just don't talk about some stuff. So there are details of all of our children's lives that are not known by our parents and our siblings because one day when we share those details, and they're not known by our children, and one day when we discuss those details with our kids, they're then free to discuss that with their grandparents and their aunts and uncles. Mm. But that's their privilege. Right. It is not ours. And I think that we often, you know, uh, there's so many words that, that now only have, have negative only 
connotations, like the word ignorant. Mm. We only think about that in negative ways. But ignorant, the dictionary definition of ignorant is simply you don't know. Right. Yeah. Right? It it is not a crime to be ignorant. It is a crime to remain ignorant. (laughs) But there's nothing wrong with being ignorant. It just means you don't know. Mm. Um, And I think that regret is another one of those words that we only think about in negative terms. And I think that if you regret causes you to just spiral into a bunch of negative places, then regret's bad. If regret galvanizes you and forces you uh, to do things better, then regret is a fantastic thing. Right. And um, It's all about our, how we respond to it. Yeah, you know, you said context earlier. I think that context and perspective mm. are two of the most important things that people can have because it does inform where you go next. Right. Understanding the what and the why is essentially what's happening. And I think as we talk about also telling our kids the truth, a lot of people have not told their kids the truth because of their fear mm-hmm. and the fear of, well, I might not know the answers. It might cause them to ask more questions that I can't answer. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, what if it causes them to just be more curious or to search out that birth family? Or, I mean, I think a lot of the way we do things with our kids can be born out of fear. Mm-hmm. And then later on we see because we parented from fear, we have regrets. Mm. And so I think we have to really look at our reasoning behind things is the reason that we are not telling our kids their full story because of, we are afraid. And if that's the reason, then we need to give it over to God and say, look, this is a really hard part of my kid's story. But I know it's their story. And they deserve to know. And they deserve to yeah. know. And so I can give that to God and say, can you help me? Can you protect my child? Because there are things that my kids still don't know, that our kids don't know about their story because they are so hard. Mm. And it's hard to tell them. And so as they approach adolescence, those things need to be told to them and they need to they need to hear them. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of the reason that we hold off telling them is because of fear. And so if that's the reason, then we have to give that to God and say, okay, you know, I can't do this because I'm afraid and I need you to help me and I need you to protect my child and to shield them um, from what they can't handle. Right. So Kayla, going back to something you just said about the fear that we have about telling our kids the truth about their stories. I know that one of the things we're dealing with in our household with one of our boys is that because he doesn't know parts of his story, he started to kind of fill in the blanks himself Yeah. with stories about things that happened before we adopted him. And the thing we're running into is trying to find that right balance of kind of correcting these stories without damaging his spirit. Yeah. And that's a really hard line to walk. And so I can easily see where parents who might be experiencing something similar will fall into that those areas of fear and regret because you don't want to tell him too much because he may not be able to handle it at his particular age from an emotional and intellectual standpoint. But you can't let him continue doing it either because, right, filling in those blanks. because if he fills in those blanks without being corrected, then he's almost implanting false memories in his own brain oh, yeah. to a degree. That's interesting. So, yeah. yeah, no, I, I, I think I, I would go one step further and say that he is coding mm-hmm. fake memories in his brain because 
um, you know, the human brain is an interesting, it, it, it's, it's very many things. And one of the things it is, is a self-preservation machine, right? Mm-hmm. That's why if I throw something at your face, your hands will automatically just reflect, by reflex, go up to shield your face. Because mm-hmm. your brain is a uh, self-preservation device. And, you know, this is something we've spoken about before and we could, you know, spend the next hour talking about the subject of lying. And one of the things that, that with people who are not experienced, um, parenting kids from hard places like who have just come to this and I, and I, and I speak from my experience, we got really, really tied up in knots over the lying issue mm-hmm. until somebody sat us down and told us, look, here's the problem is they, they, they want good memories of their childhood. And if they don't have good memories from their childhood or they don't have memories of their childhood, they just make up memories mm. because they they are, like you said, just filling in the blanks. And it's part of, and it's part of this, the preservation for some of our kids. And, and in your son's case, I don't know, I don't know much about his history and I don't know how much you know for sure before he came home. But I know with my oldest son, there are some details in there that are not good. Mm-hmm. And for the longest time, he would he would just like like tell us stories and we're like, that's not true. We're like, why are you lying? And we'd like get all talked up in the, the lying thing until until somebody told us, you know, he's just he's just trying to create good memories because he only has bad ones. Mm. And that was really convicting. And um, the problem with regret is that it sometimes just leaves us feeling sad. Yeah. But if if used properly, it has to be the springboard to um, to doing better. You know, we you had me say the Maya Angelou quote earlier, but another favorite quote I have is this. Um, it's attributed to old Chinese proverb, mm. <laughs> um, and it says this: the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago mm-hmm. the second best time to plant a tree is, is today yeah. and if we can remember that because regret only has us focusing on the fact that we didn't plant a tree 20 years ago but it does and the problem with that is it removes any focus that can be on the fact that we can still plant a tree today mm-hmm. um, I think that's where the fear would come in right regret is we didn't plant the tree 20 years ago yeah so what are we fearing that we're not planting that tree now? Ooh, that's a great question. Yeah. I wish I had an answer for them. That's like a deep question. <laughs> you know, Something we, for everyone to ponder. We secretly rank your questions, Chris, <laughs> and that has moved to the top of the leaderboard. Well, I think some of that fear could be fear that it's too late mm. if we have kids that are teenagers and we've never told them their story. Right. But I don't think it's ever too late No, because we can – we can go back and we can repair our mistakes, right? I mean, we mm-hmm. can say, look, for whatever reason, I mean, some people, they were just, that was the information they yeah. were told was, don't share a lot of details. Mm-hmm. Just focus on the positive. And, you know, I mean, that used to be the story of adoption. It was always closed adoption. There was never a talk mm-hmm. of birth family. You only focused on the happy parts of it. And adoption loss was never spoken about. Mm-hmm. And so... And what we're hearing from adoptees now as they become adults is they still have that sense of loss and they have no answers yeah. to their questions. And they they just, along the way, their parents never spoke about it, so they didn't feel comfortable speaking about mm-hmm. it. You know, one of ours yeah. was um, is in counseling, and I was trying to let this child know that the counselor was a safe person to talk to and that, mm. you know, because we've talked about who do we tell our story to Right. because some of ours just want to tell everybody their story and mm-hmm. all the hard parts too. 
And we're like, you know, we, that's not necessarily something we just share with somebody we just met. Mm-hmm. And so I was trying to tell this child, it's okay to share with this counselor. And they looked at me and said, I don't want to talk to my, you know, I don't want to talk to the counselor about my birth family. I only want to talk to you and dad. Mm. And I said, okay, that's fine. You don't ever have to talk about it if you don't want to. And But I loved that they said, I just want to talk to you and dad about it. Because I felt like in that moment it was a win. Mm. I don't know that all of my kids have always felt that way. But in that moment I felt it was a win because this child felt connected connected yeah. yeah this child felt like i was i'm safe to talk to you about my birth family mm. even the hard stuff well guys i think that's a really good place to wrap up today so i'd like to thank ryan and kayla for being on the podcast today despite feeling under the weather thanks chris thank you christopher if you have a question for us that will fit into 140 characters you may tweet it to us at tapestry ibc if you require a bit more room you can email us at tapestry at irvingbible.org You may also find us on Facebook at Tapestry IBC. You can subscribe to this podcast in iTunes or the Google Play Store. Just search for Tapestry Adoption Podcast. If you have enjoyed and gotten value from this podcast, we would appreciate a review in either location. Empowered to Connect is the training and support community of Tapestry, the adoption and foster care ministry of Irving Bible Church in Irving, Texas. You can check the show notes for relevant links from this episode and find more resources on our website, tapestryministry.org. Thanks for listening. 